I am the last barman poet. I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. Americans getting stinky on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach. The schnapps made from peach. The velvet hammer. The Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth. The pink squirrel. The three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy. The iced tea. The kamikaze. The orgasm. The death spasm. The Singapore sling. The ding-a-ling. The ding-a-ling. America, you've just been devoted to every flavor I got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? Bar is open! Welcome to the junk drawer. Joseph Gordon-Levitt sees the tweet <laughs> and replies, watch it again, it's mostly Tom's fault. How's the body? Great body. <laughs> no. The dead body. The dead <laughs> body. I'll give you 20 minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, all that you need to do is shoot guns and have sex. Uh, I'd give it an 80%. Oh my That's God. Fine. Here's why. You know the differences between y'all and me? I make this look good. It's finally time to open the junk drawer. Welcome everyone to the junk drawer. I'm your host for today's episode, Mario Arico. If you couldn't tell from that intro, which you probably couldn't tell, <laughs> we are talking about 1988's classic film, Cocktail, starring Tom Cruise. I'm joined here today with my co-host, Cole Brown and Bryce Howell. Say hello to the people in any which way you choose. Well, that's going to be really confusing for an audio format. <laughs> who's I, talking? I am Bryce. There you go. I'm Cole. I'm the other person who's going to now talk. So we are talking today about a cult classic, Cocktail, like I said, starring Tom Cruise. A movie that I... You're saying a cold classic? Yeah, not like, cold. Like cold cuts? No, like a cold drink. A cocktail, if you will. This is a classic film. Um... Came out in 1988, as I said three times. And um, it's about Tom Cruise, who the plot is he's a bartender. And that's exactly what the plot is. So uh, we will start with our rating section. We are going to give a rating of the movie and then compare it to the Metacritic score. So Bryce, what did you give this film? Okay. And what are your thoughts? So, <laughs> I had probably seen this movie once when I was like a lot younger, like 10, 15 years ago. <clears throat> And I hadn't seen it in a very long time. And all I knew was that it was poorly reviewed. That was all I really okay. remembered. And then I remembered that it was about Tom Cruise being a bartender. So I rewatched this movie. I fucking loved this movie. Yes! <laughs> and it was weird. It is so bizarre and strange from start to finish. The opening scene is weird. It doesn't fit with the movie. It doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the movie. I think you're watching a military movie or something. Or the cops. The plot. Why do they have a siren? So why don't you tell the listeners what the opening scene is? So the opening scene is they have apparently stolen a cop car. Maybe. You're not 100% sure. It's the sure. US maybe, Army. But they're maybe also they're, in they're the Army. Right. Yeah. And they pull over a bus and just extort the bus tender to let the bus driver to let Tom Cruise on the bus and the bus driver's like yeah this is fine yep <laughs> and that's and then, how the movie starts and then he drives into New York City it's so good which it's I also so so, I mean I, I don't want to get too far into this right now but I also understand because he's also from New York right he's, like, he's from Queens yeah. like, I, don't but get, I assume he was coming back from base no I get that he's coming back from base but part of me is like why how did you get to base like why wouldn't you just 
So what did you give the movie? <laughs> so this overall? is too high. I know it's too high, but I watched it. I couldn't put it down. I watched it on my laptop. It was just carrying my laptop around while I was like doing <laughs> tasks because I couldn't stop watching. It was so good. I gave it a 70 out of 100. Okay. Wow. I loved this movie. Good. I hadn't seen it in so long. Oh my gosh. I'm cool. so glad you made us rewatch this. So I like this movie a lot too. I think differently than Bryce though. I had zero context for this movie. Okay. <laughs> My only context for this movie is the cover art and the name Cocktails. Is it Cocktail or Cocktail? Cocktail. Just one. Singular. Single cell. So you didn't even get See, the that's title. A, right. That's a design flaw because they should be selling multiple cocktails. That's true. That's true. But really, I had no context for this movie, and so that's like my dream space. That's why, just as a side note, I typically don't try to watch previews for movies I'm excited about because I, I prefer to have no context. Okay. And so in this circumstance, I had no context, and so yes... There's a lot of my reaction to this movie where I'm almost kind of like confused along the way. Where like again, it opens with a scene of him getting dropped off by military police. Like, is this? Am I watching the right movie? <laughs> How is this transitioning to him doing bartending? Uh, and that happens a couple different times in the movie where I'm like, wait, okay, now it makes sense, or okay, now it makes sense. Um, so all that to say, so my rating, and I really tried to. We've been talking about the Metacritic score for a while now, um, and the logic in it that essentially a 50% represents a perfectly average movie. Yeah. Um, and so based off of that, I would give it Cole's Metacritic score in the sense of if 50% represents an average movie, I gave it a 55%. Okay. It's an above yeah. average movie. Yeah. Um, but like I did not not enjoy it. It just wasn't like I was blown away. Yeah. So I am a huge Tom Cruise fan. So that is... Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. With the cruise. With the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> to reference back to Step Brothers. Um, and so I had never seen this and I do this thing where I try to delve into the Cruise history of film. Several of my favorite movies have Tom Cruise. So when I first watched it, really enjoyed it. Uh, has a lot of flaws. Rewatching it again, I enjoyed it even more. Like it watches so much faster the second time. Um, it's like three movies in one though. He's this young, ambitious guy who's trying to make it in the real world. He's going on these interviews. Kind of reminds you of the circuit of interviews I, I got from like Goodwill Hunting where Ben Affleck's going in place of Matt Damon. Or Matt Damon doesn't know what he wants to do. He's striking out, becomes a bartender, and you go on this journey. Little do we know, it doesn't end there. He goes to Jamaica, falls in love with a girl, becomes a love story. Then he like cheats on his girlfriend with an older woman. His friend gets kills himself. It gets really dark. Yeah, and that he, happens quick. And he, and he gets married to the girl that he fell in love with in Jamaica in, a, in an instant. So... It's a very strange movie, and sometimes you're like, wait a minute, am I watching a movie about a bartender anymore? Um, so I had originally had it at a 71, and then thinking back on how disjointed it feels and the last act killed it for me, I actually settled on a 67. So I do enjoy it a lot, and I think it's rewatchable as heck for me. The Metacritic score, here we go. It's super low. I know it is. 12%. Yeah. Wow, that seems wow. impossible. It seems so. There's certain wow. I'm Owen Wilson. Yes. There's certain, and everybody is grading every movie on a curve. Like there's no movie that's not graded on a curve. This movie comes out, and it's Tom Cruise, who's already in like the midst of his Tom Cruise is the biggest person on the planet phase, um, and so it's graded on a curve of they kind want, of right. He's at the beginning of yeah, it. Very for beginning. sure at the beginning of it, but like. To grade this a 12 out of 100, <laughs> a 1 out of 10, effect, effectively, a 0 0.5 out of 5, just doing yeah. some fractions for you there, 
<laughs> is unreasonably low. Like it's, it's yeah. it is a flawed movie for sure. <laughs> yeah. But like there are movies that have like a that get like a fifty on Metacritic or a forty on Metacritic that, that are bad. far worse than Cocktail. Daredevil. I agree. Um, this will shock you too. I know we don't longer do. The IMDb fifty nine. The Rotten Tomatoes five. Yeah, and so that that's why I think we got away from Rotten Tomatoes is because if every review came out as a four out of ten, the Rotten Tomatoes score would be a five. Yeah. Whereas the Metacritic score would be a forty. But the Metacritic score also being low is what's shocking yeah. to me. People yeah. were giving this movie a zero out of four stars or whatever, which is unreasonable. That it is, is super enjoyable. I agree. It really is. Well. It's a fun watch. It's a fun watch, especially again, because I'll back Mario up and Bryce does not, I'll speak for him maybe, but I don't think Bryce disagrees that Tom Cruise is not so lovable at this time in his career. Like, you're watching him and he is just, there's a part of me that is crushing hard. On Tom yeah, Cruise, yeah, like absolutely. he is a stud. It reminds me. Hopefully, this will <laughs> this will make sense to our viewing audience or listening audience. But Bryce and I have another friend, Luke, who loves Tom Cruise, who has never seen Top Gun, but what? saw a part of Top Gun, and his res- response was really funny. There's a scene um, where uh, Tom Cruise is uh, having his breakup kind of issue moment with Kelly McGillis. Uh, and he is on his motorcycle, and she's like telling him to wait, and he just keeps revving it louder so, Crazy. That she, so that she can't talk to him. And Luke goes audibly, he goes, "Hi, oh, so fucking cool." <laughs> <laughs> he is, which like, is Tom Cruise in this movie. Yes, that, Tom Cruise is really good at playing the down on his luck, charming guy who has to prove to a girl, the love interest, that he can make it in every yeah. role early on. That's exactly what he played. And he does it really well. And that's why I like him a lot as an actor. I agree um, that he does it really well. I think we talked last week with Along Came Polly that we have, it's kind of frustrating to keep seeing Ben Stiller as the role of the guy who is normal and nice and things just happen to him. Yeah. That on the contrary here, this this story of Tom Cruise being an, a guy who has to kind of pull it up himself and make it happen is really believable yeah. and exciting to watch him do each time. So, in the next category, are we sure? Are we Do we feel our scores are too high or too low based on the Metacritic score? Um, you would think we'd think, oh, maybe ours are too high, but I honestly disagree with the Metacritic score, like you said, Bryce. I think the 60 to 70 range is perfect for this movie. Yeah, I dove into some of like the specific reviews, and I like in certain of them, I was like, were we watching the same movie? Yeah. Like one of the reviews said the plot was entirely predictable. I don't know about you guys, but the suicide thing, <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, what? I do not remember or this. I only thought he was gonna commit suicide seconds before it happened. When yes. He, when he gets the the, the Polaroid picture. picture of him and it's kind of this scene of like seeing him in his last days, I was like, oh wait, they're about to kill him. Damn right. <laughs> and I think also, I don't know, I, I wasn't alive in the 80s, so I don't know what like the culture was like. But I think this story really resonates well in like the modern era. Like Mario mentioned, the job interview scene at the beginning when he's he's hustling to get this job interview, and everybody's like, "Oh, you we, you still have what we're looking for." Yeah, and rejection, react. rejection, rejection, yeah. rejection. I was getting like PTSD watching that yeah. scene. Oh, I was me like, too. What is happening? I'm stressed out. Like, Literally, it was. It's oh, the you scene. need five years of experience before you can get the basis base level right. job. He, he says, "I'm looking for an entry level job," and they say, "You might be looking too high." And I was yeah. like, "Ow, yeah. man, <laughs> down." And he's a veteran. He's a veteran. He's a veteran. And. Then, like, the plot that follows with being a bartender, like, it's very interesting that he goes from, like, I'm a bartender, I'm really good at it, but, like, this isn't what I wanted to do with my life, and he's very dissatisfied with that, and I think 
a modern audience probably connects with that like weird discontent, maybe more than the 80s audience did. Um, yeah. And I found it very interesting as I was watching it, like that next level of like what Tom Cruise's character was experiencing throughout everything. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Cole? You think, you think your score is fair? I think my score is fair. I, I, I think I would also agree that the Metacritic in this example is probably leaned way far too far to the negative. Yeah. Um, that there are plenty of very redeemable aspects of this movie that 12% is, I agree with Bryce, like that's, yeah. I couldn't have imagined a score for that, for that, of this movie with that number. And I, I, I'm, I'm shocked by it too because I want to see what the 80s reviews were. Because if this felt like an 80s movie, I'm like, yeah. it couldn't have been that bad to Well, that was the reviews audience. I was talking about. Is yeah. that they were saying, like, the plot is shallow, it's predictable, it's whatever. It's certainly And yeah, I was like, I don't think we watched the same yeah. film. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I can talk a little bit about the plot as we kind of move into it. Yeah. All right. Um, so the next category I kept for this movie specifically, efficient fix. What one change? One change fixes the movie. You can elaborate if it's more than one, as I tend to do. Um, I'm going to start with it. Maybe you guys have the same. I make it a little smaller, not lengthwise. Make the plot a little simpler. I would just make it about this guy who doesn't, he's really good at being a bartender, but he doesn't want to be a bartender. He meets this girl, and maybe make the plot he needs, he wants to show her he can provide for her. He wants to show her he can do more. <laughs> Don't turn it into, oh, at one point it's these two guys competing to get this rich woman, an older woman, so they can be like stay-at-home guys. And then there's a suicide, there's a family dispute. It's just, it gets way off the rails and forgets what it is. So yeah, Trophy Guy is a hilarious motif also. Yeah, <laughs> weird. That's so weird. I've never it's, seen that It's before. so funny. So I think that version of the movie does become like what the review said it was. Like yeah. it probably gets better reviews like that, but like that is not a movie I'm interested in okay. seeing. I think that's a little bit too plain. I again, I like that it's super weird. I like that he goes to Jamaica. I know it doesn't make a ton of sense, but for he's there for what three years. He's there said? for three years. Yeah, and it, it like it doesn't make a ton of sense, but like he is this rudderless like person. It doesn't who's, like, age. Well, of course, Tom Cruise actually has an age though, so that that yeah, holds he up. He can still play himself <laughs> in this movie today. Like he's in New York and he's got everything, and then he his some random girl tells him, "Hey, if you go to Jamaica, you can make even more money." Like it does kind of make sense that he'd go down there, and he just lived there. He gets stuck because that's yeah. what he happens at every stage of his life. He gets stuck somewhere. Going yeah. on that real quick, first watch for this was your first watch, and Bryce you hadn't seen in a while. Yeah, were you guys when he first? Gets with the uh, the reporter, the journalist. Mm -hmm. They have this passionate connection. I thought that was going to be the love interest because I didn't see who the cast was. Yeah, and they hook you in really well, and then and then it just it gets you really hard. Oh, I even thought I go, wow, he's meeting his love interest pretty early. Yeah, <laughs> they probably had like a really successful then, two week fling. Yeah, that was kind of, I mean, in transition, not leaving efficient fix, but just on a side note to that, is part of my surprise with this movie is that it's it's kind of like low key heinous pretty often. Like there's a part where literally he like says to his his sensei, uh, who also just side note is Leland Van Lu from Along Came Polly. Yep, Brian yeah. Brown. Uh, so, but Coughlin. Brian Brown, his his sensei, he says to him, he goes, Coughlin. "I'm getting serious Coughlin. fuck me eyes Coughlin. from the girl." Oh, sorry, Coughlin. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting serious fuck me eyes with the girl across the bar. I'm like, oh, that kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and he like manipulates his friend into ruining this awesome relationship when they get to Jamaica. Um, again, awesome connection they had for like probably like two weeks. 
and then it just ended. And yeah. I, I also thought, just, you know, I'm still going to go with my efficient fix, but just commenting on that. I thought uh, Tom Cruise's friendship with Brian Brown, Coughlin, was super believable. Like, yeah, me too. Because the entire time, like, you have a friend like that. He's a douche, but you can't get away from him. He's yeah. still your friend. He reminds me of Ed Norton's character in Rounders. Ooh, Worm. good comparison. Yes. Like, very oh similar gosh, character that's... where it's like, you know, like, this guy's going to get you in trouble, but you also identify, yeah. I get it. Like, I have yeah. had friends like that before. But Yeah, Bryce is kind of like that for me. Dude, I don't deserve that. <laughs> My most efficient fix, um, and it hurts me to say this because I actually love it, but it doesn't make the movie good. <laughs> All the bartending stuff is cool. The flipping the bottles, the making the drinks. But sometimes he just stops making drinks and dances. <laughs> it is not especially good. <laughs> um, and I am enjoying it because Tom, Cru Tom Cruise's weirdness is something that I love. But it is weird. Yeah, he's not a and good dancer. I'm thinking of the patrons. Like, they're pissed. <laughs> they want their drink. They don't watch it. Literally, yeah. I think they like, I forget who does like a sketch on this. Like, it's like, almost like Dave Chappelle or somebody. It's like a similar scenario as that. It's like a mixologist doing all these tricks. The guy's like, I ordered a fucking Corona. Please <laughs> pour me my beer. Um, so, no, so what was your fix, Cole? So I think somewhat similar to Mario is my only gripe with the movie was the plot was kind of unappealing in its delivery okay. or it's um, yeah, I guess delivery is the best word. So for me, as I'm looking at it from my first viewing, you have the storyline of he is uh, like this up and coming guy who really wants to make it happen. He wants to do whatever he takes. He wants to be the next big, whatever it is. He wants to be the very best. Exactly. Yeah. Like no bartender ever was. Exactly. Um, and so the storyline that plays out in his life is that he wants to franchise the bartender aspect of cocktails and dreams and create a bar that can be replicated in other environments. And so you get this really, really long process of him learning how to be a bartender, getting good at being a bartender, and then the delivery the delivery is he just is a bartender. Um, and so I would probably... It's like, not satisfying. I would time hop the, the plot a little bit further forward. And so instead of actually going to Jamaica, maybe step over those three years in Jamaica rather quickly and have a time where he actually begins to franchise yeah. and then faces the problems associated with that aspect yeah. of you know, success. And I just see more excitement with advancing the plot a little bit further. I even feel like they could have done some funny stuff with um, you know, his, his wife, uh, Jordan Mooney, is the character's name. Elizabeth Shue, yeah. gorgeous. Elizabeth Shue. Karate Kid Girl. Oh, that oh that's where I've seen her. Yeah. Duh. Um, Who'd like her with more, Ralph Macchio or Tom Cruise? Obviously Tom Cruise. Yeah. Sorry, Ralph. Obviously the Cruise. Well, you got something against Italians? I love Ralph Macchio, but it's the Cruise. That's true. But so. yeah, like I, I'd even have loved to seen like you know he has his kids and he's doing like fancy cocktail stuff with like their milk, like just doing like a quick little yeah. flip or getting them to drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that one. Um, okay, well, awesome. So the next category we're gonna jump into is the best scene. Which one scene or series of scenes, maybe? Uh, you would show someone to convince them to watch this movie, or you're trying to pitch to the execs to take this movie and run with it. I think we will probably agree. Uh, maybe not. But I have the last Barman Poet scene. I have the last Barman Poet scene. Okay. I don't. <laughs> what? I, I knew you guys would. I thought about it's that. It's the best one. scene. That's a great scene. But I really think the heart of the movie is Is the opener. No. <laughs> <laughs> the heart of the movie is... When he fights the guy, he fights a guy in the museum. 
and he's upset that the guy. No, that's not the scene. Oh, the best okay. scenes, I think. I was like, that's a weird. The heart choice. of the movie is when he's working at Fridays initially, becoming the bartender, getting yeah. in the f- swing of things with Coglin, and again, he's not a good dancer. He's really ruining the night for the patrons if this wasn't a movie. But that's when I started to get hooked when I'm watching. Like, oh, this is cool. Like, he's becoming this bartender that he yeah. didn't want to become, but he seems to be really good at it. Those are good scenes, too. I think you get a little bit of that in Last Barman Poet as well, as well as the Coral, uh, the photographer, hooking up with him. But you are right. Like, just for the pure, like, cocktail of it all, yeah. the early scenes at TGI Fridays are great. The, the Last Barman scene, Last Barman Poet, that is a weird club. Oh, that's the weirdest club There's I've ever just, seen. Oh, you're talking, about, you're talking about Cell Block? Cell Block, cell block is just the name of it. people standing around a little bar. There's no, there's like no dancing. Have you ever been to a bar that had a poetry reciting? No, it's ever. so, so hipster now. Not much less two oh. poetry recitings. Oh, I, I agree a thousand percent because, again, I'm watching this for the first time with exactly zero context. So that scene opens up. And it's a it's a push into the bar from very pulled out, and you. It get, looks like Fight Club, like yes, people, yes. Yep. There's multiple tiers. People are going nuts, and in my brain, as I'm watching, like, like in my head, I go, "Please do not let this be." They're cheering for the bartenders because that's not a real bar. <laughs> yeah, no. And then thankfully, they're just cheering for some random guy, which is also not a real bar, which is also not a real bar, <laughs> who comes up, gives his last weird whatever, poem. his last He's weird the poem. First yuppie poet. First the yuppie yuppie poet. Yeah, the first yuppie poet. But yeah, that scene is weird at the beginning, but I think. It does give a lot of the aspects of cocktail that makes it a good movie for me. So with captivating the room, he makes a drink, he's spoozing the lady, um, and it's the part of the movie that I feel like it leads leans most into the hype of the position of being this bartender that everybody's yeah. excited to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that moment too, you just feel like, oh, this is what this guy is meant to do. He's meant to like win over the crowd and make drinks. Unfortunately, there's that woman just like hanging on his calf. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, okay. that's what he it says. Really, the orgasm, the dead spasm. Whatever that means. Yeah. Literally, even kind of stepping back a little bit to efficient fixes, I, in my brain, again, watching it with no context, theory crafting along the way, is I pictured this movie almost even being a little bit similar to like something like Beer Fest, where really? it'd be like this kind of John Wick lore of the bartender scene that I had no idea about. And I feel uh, like it could have played off really, really well as like, Everything that the people are privy to that only exists behind the bar and kind of exposing that world would be really, yeah, would have been engaging as well. The thing I do like about the scene you guys talked about when it, it leads into that, it's a weird sex scene with, what's yes. her name, Coral? Coral. Yeah. Coral. Coral. Um, she's like screaming, Rah! she's like excited. Well, I think there's it's like one tickling thing, her, right? Yeah, there's okay. one thing Cruz does at the end of that scene that, this is why I love him as an actor and in the characters he plays because it was me to a T. She's like smitten. And she's in this, like, in the, in the, uh, she's wrapped up in the sheets. And he goes, oh, you want to go inside? You don't want to catch pneumonia. And she, like, bites her lip, and he sees that, and she goes inside. And as soon as she closes the door, he, like, starts fist pumping and jumping <laughs> up and down and cheering because he knows, like, he just scored this top chick. Yeah, her name's that, Gina Gerson. Yeah, Gina Gerson, yeah. And that's me. I'm like, oh, that's me. I do that. Yeah. I, I do that sometimes in front of the girls, which <laughs> is not good. But, all right, we're going to transition into worst scene. I think there are a few we could elect Ooh, here. I'm so, confident in my worst scene being the worst I, scene. Okay. I will start with Cole. And what was the worst scene for you in the movie? His escape with Jordan Mooney, Elizabeth Shue, from the penthouse when he goes up there to get her <laughs> yes, and leave. That's mine. So he storms out of the penthouse in um, a little bit of context here. So uh, his love interest, he has this kind of weird situation happening with uh, Co- Coglin. What's his name? Coglin. Coglin. Coglin's Law. 
Coughlin's Law, where he kind of shacks up with this really rich woman, and so he wants to do something similar. And so there's this bet that ensues. And so there's this part of the movie where he doesn't know if she's rich or not. Not that it doesn't really like play into him not being interested in her. But you later find out she's very wealthy, that her family is extremely wealthy. They live off Park Avenue in a penthouse, extremely wealthy. So there's a scene where he storms the penthouse to go and get her because uh, he decides that he's definitely going to stay with her. And I think it's meant to be the most pivotably emotional and like charged moment in the movie, but its delivery comes off for me like kind of laughable. So there's this choreographed fight with the doorman that he comes in and like he punches Tom Cruise out and you hear like the 80s punch sound and Tom Cruise smacks him back and then there's just shouting and then her dad, you know, emotionally cuts her off from the finances and he says, how, that's how I want it. Like it just, it yeah. played super poorly. It's like a soap opera scene. It is and it's very I was soap opera. Watching it last night and it hit me, I'm like, this movie almost didn't have a climax. They're like, is the death of Coglin the climax? Or should we foot you know, pigeon pigeonhole what's the word I'm looking for? Pigeon foot no, we're gonna delete Pigeon Toad. Yes. Pigeon toad in there, a scene that would like be climactic, but it happened in the last five minutes, so they have this fight with the doorman. It's just so out of place. The real word you're looking yeah. for is dovetail. Dovetail. I think... We can just edit all this. No. <laughs> I think that you are, you are right. It is not Thank you. good. Thank you. I'm right. <laughs> and they have such a strange thing going with the overall plot of this movie. Again, I thought the plot was very weird, very <laughs> unusual, apparently opposite of every review what are you, of yuppie? this movie. And, <laughs> like... Because it's so like weird with what it's doing, it's like maybe just don't have like a quote unquote climax. Like, yeah, and that's probably okay for yeah. this movie. Um, but also in that scene, I was thinking all the things you're saying, but I'm so emotionally bought into Tom Cruise and Elizabeth Shue that I'm like, like just give just him a chance, get together, guys, give him a chance. <laughs> what I really wanted to from that scene is. A callback to when they're in Jamaica on the beach and she sweeps the leg and pins him. Yeah, and she should have just sweep the leg on the doorman and then. Oh man, give me a little bit of a callback. Could have loved that. Um, all right, so we're in agreement. Oh no, Bryce, what is your worst scene? I'm not in agreement. Okay, because I was emotionally invested in the fight oh. scene. I think the worst scene is when they're shooting basketball. <laughs> oh, For sure, Tom Cruise and Brian was Brian Brown is that his yeah. name? Yeah, Brian Brown. Tom Cruise and Brian Brown have never seen a basketball game before. Look at his shot too. Tom Cruise like shot puts it. Yes, absolutely. You can tell that they filmed like separate. Like oh yes. Oh, it's definitely like a uh, trick shot video. <laughs> Nothing like shooting the ball and then cutting to when it goes in. <laughs> and I definitely made it. Oh god, yeah. So I think that was the worst scene for two, me. I'm two watching basketball it. scenes, two weeks in a row. Yes. Which one's better, a long game poly? I think a long game poly is better because a long game poly is supposed to be funny. This is supposed to be like them having a serious conversation. Yeah. And it's like you guys don't know how to play basketball. No. <laughs> All right, so we're moving on to the next category, which I've called Coglin's Law. I'm gonna read some of Coglin's laws. Here. It took me a while to realize he was talking about himself. <laughs> yeah, I literally thought yeah. he was doing Star uh, Star Trek thing, the Captain's Law. Right. <laughs> so his name is, Co is Coglin in the movie, and he has created his own set of rules. Here's some of them. He's Australian, which I won't try to do the accent. Yeah, I will try. Yeah, go ahead. Drink or be gone. Coglin's law. Drink or be gone. Anything else is always something better. Never show surprise. Never lose your cool. Never tell tales about a woman. No matter how far she is, she'll hear you. Bury the dead, they stink up the joint. As for the rest of Coglin's laws, ignore them. 
A guy was always full of shit. Well, the last one was the one he gave once he was actually dead. Yes. And then there's the real last one was, that's not a knife. Doug Douglas Coughlin, logical negativist, flourished in the last part of the 20th century, propounded a set of laws the world generally ignores to its detriment. Well, also, I don't know if this is one of Coughlin's laws, but it's one of the things he says. Uh, he says, everything ends badly. That's why it ends. Yes. And then Tom Cruise steals it later. Yep. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. That's a very nicely written line. So, I have used that title for this category. It has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Tom Cruise in this movie. This is our first time to get to talk about the Cruise. What are your guys' top three Cruise performances? Does Cocktail make the list? I'm going to start. Okay. Because he's my favorite actor. I think one, one movie is going to be on all three lists. Okay. There's going to be a list. This is my I'm order. confident as this well. Is Maybe order. two. And these are in my top five favorite movies. Jerry okay. Maguire... I think he is the most Tom Cruise he's ever been in that role. A Few Good Men, where he's Sergeant Caffey, amazing. Also very Lieutenant, Tom Lieutenant, Lieutenant yeah. sorry. <laughs> Lieutenant Caffey, yeah. forgive me. And also, obviously, Top Gun. Mitchell. Yep. You can't get much better than, than, than that. I think for sure, I, I won't speak for Cole, but I'm going to guess Top Gun's on all three lists. Tom, Cru Tom Cruise is peak Tom Cruise in Top Gun. I'm actually going to go Color of Money. Just I kidding. actually think he's peak Tom Cruise. He can do no harm. He owns the world in Jerry Maguire. Oh, and Top Gun, he is the coolest person. This is just us geeking about Tom Cruise yeah. now. He's the coolest person on the planet in Top We love That's you, true. old Tom. Yeah. That's true. Ah, new Tom, too. Um, my, uh, I think A Few Good Men is his best acting performance. He, he is overacting a bit. But it is, I mean, that movie is enthralling. It is yeah, a long so courtroom drama that, like, I don't know. Those aren't normally movies that like suck you in, but like I a few love good men them, sucks you in. Uh, not surprising. And That's this a is a this is a niche Bryce personal favorite. I love The Last Samurai. I think he is Whoa. excellent in The Last Samurai. And I there was a time Cole's laughing at me right now. Last Samurai was on like HBO Go or maybe Netflix. I don't remember. Netflix. I watched it. It's on Netflix. Right? Let's say we here, by the way. I watched it oh, how dare you. 20 times. Cole was with me most of the times. Thanks. 20 times. We didn't know you yet. Oh, thanks. <laughs> 20 times in a month. Like, easily 20 times in one month. Like, every day I'd come home from work, boop, let's get Last Samurai going again. Wow. It was insane. I love Last Samurai. You know they're making a live action version? It is live action. Oh, no, I'm thinking Mulan. No, liber action. Mulan. Um, action. So what are your three then? Top Gun? Top, top Gun, A Few Good Men, and then Last oh, okay. Samurai. So, Top Gun, for me as well, is in my top list. I called it my trio of Top Tom. <laughs> um, so, I got Top Gun, and uh, as Bryce just alluded to, I also have The Last Samurai for the same exact reason. It's, wow. a, it's a movie that I feel like there's oftentimes when you have a white American step into a culturally specific movie, it can come off really, really poorly. Okay, but just to be clear, I've had to make this defense a lot. The title of the movie is Last Samurai. It is not referring to Tom Cruise. It is referring to Ken Watanabe's character, who is, in fact, the Last Samurai. Yeah, Tom Cruise's of character. The movie. Had oh, to yeah, be you're not defending against I me. I just wanted to make sure all of our listeners are clear that Tom Cruise is not a Samurai. All of our listener. All of our listener right. are clear. Exactly. I'm very passionate about defending The Last Samurai. I think it's a really good movie. It's not, I don't remember. In the it. same way, Daniel Day Lewis is not the last of the Mohicans. Exactly. So, what's your third film then? But. I'm still going to defend The Last Samurai here for We're a second. Not, We're not done with this is, Samurai. This is cocktail. This is a Samurai pod now. This is Samurai pod. Can you put your kimono away? I need away? you to respect Samurai honor here because this is Samurai is pod. Is the kimono the same culture? The real takeaway from cocktail is to watch Last Samurai. What it is change your third movie, your, It'll change your life. My third movie is Mission Impossible. 
The first one. The first one. The first one. Just okay. plain old Mission Impossible. Cool. But I do have a tiddly bit about myself here. Okay, share it. My namesake is from a Tom Cruise role. Yeah. I think Bryce already knows. Oh, true. Dave's uh, Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. I haven't finished that one. Cole Trickle is where I literally am named from. You lucky son of a bitch. Isn't that a funny thing though that your parents were like, "Yeah, we named you after a Cruise movie." Yeah, like my other brothers are named after my grandfathers. <laughs> so even and I got the Cruise from Days of Thunder. So honestly, I'm, better. Honestly, <laughs> better. I love you, Granddad. I'm glad that we all agree that we like Tom Cruise here. Um, one thing that's always spoofed on is the fact that Tom Cruise is a weird dude in real life. Um, if you're listening to this and you're a Scientologist, good for you. But if you're not, we're going to say he's a little weird into it. Um, well, he's, he's, he is weird separate from Scientology, a, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but he's like a level five lotus lizard. Or I, I don't know any of those things. He is completely clear. He's gone clear. Yes. Scientology is strange to me. Yes. I just I know they're very litigious, and they are probably one of our three listeners. So <laughs> I don't want to say anything negative Good about them. Good on them. Right. Yeah. We we love the Church of Scientology. We just no. Think no okay, that's fine. Um. But before he was a Scientologist, Tom Cruise was a strange person. Yes, he yes. was. He's a very eccentric, very odd guy. So one thing that he doesn't drink alcohol. Yes. He doesn't drink. Um. And even as a Catholic, I guess he didn't drink. So when you see him drunk acting, the spoof, the joke is he doesn't know how to drunk act. So going through it the second time, I specifically watched for it. There's a scene where he gets drunk with Coughlin after a night at work in a Friday's. Yeah, when they're singing in the street. Yeah, yeah. he. It's not believable. Coughlin like falls on the stairs randomly, and Tom yeah, Cruise is weird. hanging on the pool. Are you okay? Like it's just, it's not good. Can you guys, what do you guys think? Can he pull off drunk guy or? No, because he thinks, he acts like alcohol is like, I, I haven't done cocaine, but he acts like alcohol is cocaine. <laughs> like he is at a thousand miles per hour yes. when he's drunk Tom Cruise. And it's like, that's not super how it feels to be drunk. Yeah. And also there's just different drunks in the world. Yeah. Like, I yeah. was very friendly drunk. So yeah. I'd be extra, I'm very handsy. I would be very, well, that might be a problem. Not when I drink, just in general. Yeah. 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 You do have three hands. That is weird. I have two. That's not a hand. Um, okay. Another thing I noticed, talking about Tom Cruise, if you notice during this movie, they shot it in different stages because his hairstyle changes. changes. Like, yes. from one scene to the next, he's got longer hair, then he got shorter hair. Then, to the end, he's got short hair, but it's just... They so, didn't, they I think didn't they're trying way. to affect the passing of time because, like you guys said, like see, things seem to happen quickly, but, like, literally, he's in Jamaica, and Coglin comes down. He's like, yeah, I haven't seen him in three years. You're like, you saw him five minutes ago. Like, yeah, what are you I was in about? the scene you just you just left him with. So, like, they're trying to use the hair to show, like, time has passed. Yes. Which isn't the most effective device, no. but that's what they're trying to do. Also, side note, I thought when he said Jamaica, they were talking about the area in New York called Jamaica. Well, they make a joke about that, too. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't really? There was yeah. an area oh. in New York called Jamaica. Yeah. And I lived in New York. It's a neighborhood in Queens. State. Buffalo, shout out. <laughs> okay, so next one. Cocktail and Dreams. This is the name of Coglin's idea for his own bar. And Tom Cruise's character wants to franchise the New York bar scene in shopping malls and suburb suburbs. At the end of the movie, he starts a bar called Flanagan's, and there is a neon sign that says Cocktail and Dreams. So, guys, based on where he gets and the journey he takes, does his idea work? Is it believable that this would work? 
Well, if you took the professor's input on it, uh, he would say certainly not. Yes. The professor's a super dickhole. Super oh, dick. He doesn't absolutely. want anyone achieving I success. Want, I wanted so bad to get here tonight to talk about this because Bryce is an educator and to hear his input on a pre professor who publicly shames his students. Yeah. That was like, yeah, like you can't just say like, who's this person? The person like raised their hand and be like, so your report sucks. Like that, that's not a thing you do. So that ever. happens in law, in law school that would happen there was like the one professor, I won't use his name, he taught torts. And you were cold called where you were never told who was going to be on call for the day. And that made you have to read the 70 pages a night and do all the case briefs. So when you were called on, if you were not prepared, he did not move on to the next person. He let everyone in the room know that you were not prepared. He shamed you. He made you read the case and then, like, take time out of the class to read the case so that he can then question you about it instead of, like, pulling you off to the side. I was always prepared, so I yeah. struck the fear of God. And, me. like, but, that's a slightly different from, like, a student coming to class prepared in graduate school and being like, this doesn't stand. He is taking students who did their best on what seems to be a freshman-level business course. Yeah, it's like, it's like an adult night school. Turned yeah, in their assignment. And shaming them in front of everybody for things you don't shame people for. He's like, oh, you want to take the New York bar scene everywhere? Are you going to export stale beer too? And it's like, yeah, every bar has beer. Like, and what are you talking about? that's not even a far-fetched idea. Yeah. Like, that's, an, a, that's actually a brilliant idea. Yeah. Opening a pub, like a chain of pubs. And he, he's mean to Tom Cruise for being nice to someone. Tom yeah. Cruise goes, don't take it personally. He also calls comes, it that girl. She's like, she wants to be the Donald Trump of cookies. and Or like, I think it was Donald Trump. But she's like, they say, yeah. she wants to be successful at cookies. Like, people will eat cookies. That's not like a bad idea. You know yeah, like a cookie business you is going to do You know what Trump's do well. doing now? <laughs> you ever heard of Chips Ahoy? You know what he's doing now, Trump? He's Hello, like, people, okay? He runs the world. And that started with a cookie. Exactly. Started with a cookie. Put that cookie down now. So, rewinding all the way back to your question. <laughs> Sorry. One hundred percent. This idea works. The idea of a franchise bar works. It exists already. What bar? What is it? What's the bar? I mean, Benigans or. I think the especially the Italian, the Irish pub. This isn't his isn't strictly Irish, but the Irish pub literally. Yeah, is you're right. The repeatable. There's a couple here in Jacksonville. Cool Hans. Uh, Cole Haynes. Cole Haynes. Cool. Cool Hands. Uh, cool runnings. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what do you think, Bryce? I actually disagree with Cole. So I think that idea of the bar exports. But just me looking into the future of this movie. Here's what happens next. Uh, Tom Cruise's character. Cocktail 2. Cocktail 2. Or it's, cock ooh, or tail. Cocktail 2 is rough. Double so, the cock. Double the tail. I think Cocktails and Dreams is successful in New York. But he has a franchise. And it never really gets off the ground. It closes up. And then... <laughs> Tom Cruise is in New York. He's just the owner of the one Cocktails and Dreams location. He has a midlife crisis because he realizes what he knew from the beginning of the movie. The he never professor. really wanted to own a restaurant. Oh. That's not his gig. And he's not a millionaire like he thought he was going to be. He's just a moderately successful father. And that's and, and I think he has his midlife crisis. Maybe him and uh, Elizabeth Shue get a divorce. So I don't know. Wow, that's so cocktail too is dark. Before, uh, I forgot that cocktail two gets so dark. Before we get there, I will say darker than a suicide. From I cocktail could say one. I'm kind of with Bryce. I don't see it working to that extent. Um, I think he just has Flanagan's and he's content with that. Flanagan's cocktail and dreams in one location. The next question is the romance. I'm going to give the, the listeners a little context here. He falls in love with Jordan Mooney in Jamaica for like it's like a two week fling. Mm -hmm. She's there for two weeks. He cheats Which on should her. have been his first clue that she was wealthy. 
Yes. Yeah, right? But. So he, she, he cheats on her because Coughlin says, I bet you can't land this older rich woman. And mm-hmm. he does, just to prove him wrong. That ends. He goes to get her back. She tells him he's pregnant. That's a whole storyline. And the whole movie, he's trying to win her back. He goes to the penthouse where she lives, fights the doorman. The dad is disapproving. They run off together. The next scene, they're getting married in his uncle's bar. And then it ends with she's pregnant at Flanagan's and they're talking about their kids. So, it all happens really fast. Very successful two-week relationship. It could happen. Um, yeah, do thought... you believe that they stay together? Is this believable? Do they stay together with the twins that they're having? I think... Tw- <laughs> twins! <laughs> Basil. <laughs> twins! Twins, Basil! Um, I do think they stay together. And I think that's the one thing that the really kind of heavy-handed suicide does to help him kind of true up in his brain. Coughlin suicide. Coughlin commits yeah. suicide. No, Tom Cruise does not commit suicide in this movie. Then they really um, wouldn't make it. <laughs> but I think that's a very major point for him to say, you know, a lot of what happens in that letter that Coughlin sends to him afterwards well is just kind of like the realization that his life of kind of being the cynic and kind of having his view of the world wasn't actually rewarding and it didn't actually pay off like he, you know, maybe put on the persona that it did. And so I think that helps dispel... Tom Cruise from kind of always wanting to achieve something that maybe he now realizes was right in front of him, and yeah. so he does stay. I, I agree with Cole. I think um, <clears throat> she gives him a second chance, and they have these twins, and I think he's realizing this is what's important to me. This is why I opened Flanagan's. Like, I, I want to support this girl. Um, I think his uncle gives a speech. He's like, one day you wake up and you have a wife and kids. It just happens to you, mm-hmm. which early on makes him like, He's got his trepidations about wanting to get serious with the girl, but he finally gets over that. His uncle's hilarious, also. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, and realizes he's kind of a dick to his patrons. Oh, it's that's why he's hilarious. If the if the dollars on the and the bar, it's a tip. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I think, me for I think they make it. Bryce, what do you think? Well, I kind of already showed my hand with cocktail too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do feel like Tom Cruise, not the actual Tom Cruise, the character Flanagan, has a midlife crisis. And, you know, maybe it blows up the marriage, but I hope they make it, because, again, Elizabeth Shue is a very attractive person in both Credit Kid and Cocktail. I think now she is in um, The Boys, is on she? Amazon The Boys. I think she's one of the lead actresses. Oh, buddy. Um, she's, like, the VP of the company. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you want to look that up. I don't. Okay. I'm just um, trust it. It's part of tidbits. So... <laughs> Tom, Top Gun 2 is coming out. I think it looks phenomenal. Would you rather see Top Gun 2 or Cocktails 2? Cocktail 2, 100%. Top Zero Gun. doubt in my mind. Cocktail I want to see Cocktail 2. 2. Double the Cocktail Maybe they combine them. I don't... As, Top Cocktail Gun? <laughs> as our listener has heard all night, we are very big Cruise fans. Yes. I don't know that Top Gun 2 needs to exist. Oh, I cannot wait for the movie. We'll get to that another time, though. Okay. It looks... Fin- I've watched the trailer about eight times, and it moves me in ways that you would not imagine. Okay, so the next section, very visceral. Tiddly bits, tidbits, fun internet research today is presented by Pontiac Automobiles. Thank you, Pontiac. Yes, thank you very much, Pontiac. You can go buy one at your local used car dealership. (laughs) So, fun facts, I'm going to start. This film one kills me. Two Razzie Awards. Razzies are not good. Can I also... Worst picture and worst screenplay. I do not like the Razzies. I understand, like... So it's supposed to be kind of like a lampshading of the Oscars. Yes. But like everything about the Razzies comes across as so cynical and like it 
we all complain that everybody, every movie now is so safe and formulaic and just a franchise, but like things like the Razzies, disc I mean, I guess people who are making movies don't really care, but it like discourages trying new things yeah. in movies. And so I, this is I, such a unique idea for a movie. I just across the board, I don't like the Razzies. I enjoy it when someone shows up to accept the Razzies as kind of like a middle finger to the Razzies, but I do think it's like it's too cynical for yeah. even me. And I'm a pretty cynical person, but like it's I don't. Oh, you give Daredevil an eighty. Um, yeah, I this... just watched. Uh, there's a YouTube series called Hot Ones. Um, Ooh, getting heavy here. It's really good. It's What's basically it it's, it's interviews with celebrities over oh. hot wings. They eat progressively hotter wings and ask questions. Oh, cool. It's really, really well done. Shout out Hot Ones. But I literally just watched one with Kristen Bell, and she talked about this kind of issue that Bryce is talking about here, like with the cynicism and critical nature of the world today with reviews. And she has, I mean, maybe you would say it's a little unfair of a view, but I think it's a really healthy view where her, she tries to stay her best. She tries to do her best to stay out of even viewing any of the critical reviews of anything that she's a part of. And really, she always tries to approach it as, did I enjoy making this? And am I, am I proud of what yeah. came out of this? And lets that be kind Can of... Can her the, husband say the same? Because Chips is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. She loves Dex. Yeah. I think that's um, really a really healthy way to think about it, but it also has to be very difficult in oh, I'm 2019. Sure. Yeah. Um, and also would not benefit you to not look at every review because you want to see if you're choosing the right movies. And you, but she's saying, you know, like, apart yeah. from other, like, did I enjoy making the movie? Yeah. When I saw the movie, did I like it? Then okay. So this movie did become a cult classic following the years of abuse. Um, last one I have, bottle tossing, not scripted. Surprising. I was very surprised. Because it looked pretty choreographed. Well, I know Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise, he actually learned how to do all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, obviously, it would be difficult to like, stunt double that. <laughs> but, like, weird thing to be like, I'm going to learn to flip bottles yep. and make drinks. Yeah, bottle flare. Yeah. Bottle flaring is what it's That's called. A thing. Yeah, bottle flaring. So, what about you, Cole? What are your tidbits? Is that Show a, us a, your tidbits, please. I will not. Not on the first date. Um, <laughs> well, it's like the ninth, so. So. We've earned it. <laughs> that seems suggestive. I hate this. Um. So I have a few tidbits. Uh, yeah, you do. One of the ones we talked we touched on in the very beginning is I don't know. Again, this is not necessarily a tidbit, but it wouldn't fit anywhere else. Is I think the scene of him pursuing a job at the beginning fits exactly the same today. That almost cocktail could exist as a movie again today. Yeah. Um, and I Ooh. think even similar to Bryce, that it might, be, cocktail. it might be it might be better received given the exact same storyline today yeah. um, than it maybe was back then. Um, another one is I. I I know this little factoid when they were talking about it, so this is probably not necessarily news to everybody, but he's talking with um, Jordan Mooney, uh, Elizabeth Shue, and he's saying, like, you know, you know, the guy who makes the umbrella for umbrella drinks, he yeah. gets it every day and he makes a thousand of these and he's a millionaire. And she's like, and she pulls up like a salt packet and she's like, yeah, and somebody made this and somebody made this. And then she talks about the... Ends of a shoelace. Yeah, casing the shoelace. Um, and so they call them flugel binders. Uh, and so the real name of them are aglets. Uh, and he's like, yeah, so somebody made the flugel binders and it became a millionaire. So I looked that up and uh, it was, <laughs> it's kind of funny, is that literally, so aglets, the end of a shoelace has existed for a really long time. But in like the 70s, um, essentially, or no, the 1790s, so the 17s. Uh, yeah. A French inventor like modernized them, and he literally made like a billion dollars off of aglets. So, <laughs> Good for him. The flugel binders. The flugel binders, dude. Um, All right, Bryce. What are your? Show us your tidbits. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I just have the one, and it's obvious if you just watch the credits that 
This is based off of a book. Yes, did not know that. I did not know that until I was looking at the credits. And the person who wrote the book also wrote the screenplay. And so I dove into that a little bit more into a couple of interviews that he did. Let's go for a dive. Let's um, go for a swim. And it was just, it was really interesting because he talked about the book is from the perspective of an older bartender who is an amalgamation of a lot of bartenders that he knew and worked with because apparently author of the novel was also a bar bartender himself. And so the book is apparently very dark and the original screenplay was very dark. Mm. Um, and so he said basically he turned it over to the movie studio and they kind of gave him notes and the notes were make the main character younger so we can sell this about a movie star, make the movie lighter so we can sell this as a movie, it's too dark, it's too dark. And so they eventually cast Tom Cruise and this guy's like pushing back against all these changes all the way, um, but they have to get Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise apparently helps finance the movie. And, wow. And, um, In 1988, yeah. what has he done? He's, he does, he's, he's done risky business. risky business. He's done Top Gun. Has he done Top? Oh yeah, eighty six yeah. was Top Gun. Yeah. Oh, so, so he's a star. He's a he's mega a star. star. Um, he does the color of the money. Like the next year, that's okay. really really well received. So Tom Cruise comes in. They change the movie a lot more to make it lighter. To make you know, obviously Tom Cruise superstar movie star Tom Cruise. Um, but I thought, like as I was reading that, I was like, yeah, you can see like all of those tinges of darkness, of dissatisfaction with being an old washed up bartender who like. I never wanted to be a bartender, but I got, that's what I've done for the past 40 years of my life. And that's like the part of the story that was most interesting to me. Um, and so, I don't know, I would almost like to see that movie again, Cocktail 2. Uh, it is a dark movie, obviously, but uh, not, not my Cocktail 2, some hypothetical cocktail that isn't trying to push. Right. Not his cocktail, someone else's cocktail. Tom Cruise, movie star vehicle. I think would be a really interesting movie. If you had to recap, if we were doing a remake of Cocktail off the top of your head right now, who could you cast? Modern like, day? Modern day. So I think I like the idea of like an older actor. So Tom Cruise. Playing, playing the sensei or playing? Playing like a washed up bartender who is dissatisfied. I, I like sensei. a little older and not such a, like a good looking guy. I could envision Jake Johnson because Nick Miller, he plays Nick Miller who's a bartender in New Girl. Yeah. And he just has like that bartender vibe. See, I think... It's a big part of his character development that he is just yeah, charmingly handsome. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... Jake Gyllenhaal. I even saw there were some other possible casts for the role that Tom Cruise played with Robin Williams. I saw that too. And Jim Carrey, who I think I both of them... I don't see that. Or man, it would have been a worse movie, I it's think, with either one of them sure. at well, the helm. I think older actor right now who could play, like, used to be handsome, he's still incredibly handsome, uh, Bradley Whitford... Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He's in Get Out. He is uh, famously on West Wing for the entire run, I believe. Um, I think Bradley Whitford would be a really good older Roar Flanagan that is kind of washed up and down on his luck. Yeah, I mean, he is older, but he's still just so handsome that it's hard to believe that he's washed up as maybe George Clooney. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, could he be washed up with anything? <laughs> he certainly could not be washed up. Um, and then maybe a, a recast for... Tom Cruise's role today, I could also see Jake Gyllenhaal doing that um, and being really good at it. Because he's extremely handsome. He is extremely handsome. He's a um, great actor. But he's also done kind of some weird movies. Oh, yeah. So I think he could fit the niche yeah. of this kind of being a little bit of a strange movie. So last category that we always end on, uh, does this movie belong in the junk drawer? I'm going to start and say I had said no originally because I thought it was too much of a cult, classic, and obscure film. I'm going to stick with it. I just don't think you'd find this in the junk drawer. I think you have to do a little bit of a deep dive or a search 
to first of all know that this movie exists because it's so different and then second of all finding like going to amazon or googling where can i get this movie i don't think you just come across it um i just don't find it to be the type of movie that you just put on at any time and enjoy that we have we've put in the junk drawer so i'm gonna say no i think as we've been airing episodes like people have kind of asked like so the junk drawer like what does it mean that a movie's in the junk drawer and we kind of have like a very nebulous definition obviously specifically inspired by those um, crates at Walmart and Target, but every movie eventually ends up in there. So what's it mean that a junk drawer movie? I found Gone with the Wind in there the other day. Um, so I think the best way I've described it is movies that are like kind of gems but overlooked is also like kind of the movies we want to talk about. Um, and I think in that sense, Cocktail fits the bill 100%. And like I said, like I hadn't seen Cocktail in probably 15 years. I didn't remember what it was about. And I watched it, and I was like, I love this movie. Yeah. And so I think if it's not in the physical junk drawer, it fits the like essence and nature of the junk drawer podcast to a T. Yeah. I wonder as well, um, and we talked about this with our Starship Troopers episode, of kind of maybe that the initial round of uh, critiques uh, were maybe a little bit misinformed with the nature of the movie being satirical. Uh, and so Bryce even posed the question of like, I wonder what a round of critiques would look with a more current understanding of what Starship Troopers is about. So I think in the same way, I wonder if, if essentially the same people reviewed it again today, knowing what they know about it now. Cause I, I think I agree with Bryce that there's some of those really negative reviews that seem like we weren't watching the same movie. Yeah. Um, and so for all that, I would say that, yes, I think it belongs in the junk drawer. Um, I agree with you, Mario, that it, it feels it, it feels like it could be niche enough that there would be no, um, there's no demand for it, like nobody's going to be buying it. But I think as far of like a style of movie, and especially just feeling so 80s, there's like a nostalgia element to it that would drive up the want for it that I do see it existing in the junk drawer. So, Coglin's Law. Pod is done. Don't let it continue. That's not one of them. Um, anyways, listeners, if you have an idea for a movie that you'd like us to review and talk about and discuss, um, feel free to email us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com and our trusty staff will read our hundreds and thousands of emails and maybe select your movie. Yeah, we'll come we, through all the emails yeah. we've received. And we're also in the Twitter sphere. That's yeah, right. give, it, give us like three to five business days. The, the inbox can get pretty backlogged. Yes. Um, so if you don't hear from us, that's probably what's happening. You know what? Don't even, don't bother emailing us. We're so inundated <laughs> with emails, we don't even have time. Go ahead and you're going to want to call me. Yes. So it's 904. Okay. Bryce, are we on the, are we on the Twitter? We are on the Twitter. We are at junk underscore drawer underscore pod Ooh, on Twitter. It's a lot of underscores. Well, junk drawer pod wasn't is available. Is it the word underscore or is it like the low? It is symbol? not the word underscore. Okay. Junk underscore symbol, drawer underscore symbol, pod. Sorry. That is the last from the last pod poets. The last barman podcasters. Yes. The last pod barmans. <laughs> we got it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Junk Drawer Podcast. If there's a movie that you want to hear us talk about, then please reach out to us at askthejunkdrawer at gmail.com. See you next time.